Man, you can be seated. Good morning and welcome to worship at Kern Church. My name is Will and I'm the pastor and it's great to be with you all as we join together today to worship God. Thank you if you're joining us online today. I pray that this service is a blessing in your life, that you grow connected to God today as we walk in this second Sunday of Advent. As you came in, there were some bulletins, and I hope that you'll pick one of these up later on if you haven't already gotten one. There's information about uh, what's happening in the life of the church over the next few weeks and uh, especially what's happening this week. Our Wednesday night fellowship supper continues this week, and so there's a, there's a, a clipboard, or actually a paper over there. The clipboard went missing, so um, we have a clipboard thief on the loose here at Kern Church, but we have paper, and uh, evidently it's not as interesting as clipboards, so uh, feel free to sign up over there for our Wednesday evening fellowship supper. We're excited about that again this week. And uh, yesterday, we had a holiday extravaganza. I uh, know that many were here. Our, our United Women in Faith put this on with some help from uh, the United Methodist Men, and they had a, a really great event here yesterday. And you can see, if you're here in, in person, of course, you can see Santa's Village set up over there. I know I had some little ones who were excited to talk to Santa and put their wishes in for Christmas morning. So um, I was glad that I was there with them to hear what they're talking to Santa with so that I can help encourage them and all of that. Um, also, uh, we have some, there's some more gifts and uh, holiday goodies on the back table. And some people from United Women in Faith are going to be selling those um, after the service. And so if you want to participate in that, there's still some more goodies over there that are left over from yesterday. And if you're online, I'm so sorry that you can't participate in that. Uh, but you can join us next week at, at 9 and 11 for in-person worship. Well, right now, I want to uh, lift up a, a prayer this morning and, and, and just ask that, that you join me in prayer. Almighty God, you are the one who, who came to earth. You are the one who spoke words of life. You are the one who was born of Mary. You are the one who speaks again this day. And I pray, Almighty God, that you are blessed as we worship you. And I pray, dear one, that you will bless all who worship this day. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Here at Kern Church, we believe in prayer. And each week we send out prayer requests and uh, about people in our congregation. And and uh, I, I pray on, on a daily basis, and I know so many of you pray as well. And another prayer practice that we've started over the past few weeks, really over the past uh, few months now, is that we've been praying for breakthroughs. We've been praying for God's miracles. And I've invited each of you to, to pray with me at, at 11.01 each day. 11.01, Luke, 11, uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 1 is when Luke's follower, or Jesus' followers, asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. And so that's, that's the, the, the reason that we pray at 11.01. And I have a reminder every day that goes off at 11.01, because without that, I, I find that I'm in the midst of doing other things and probably won't recall to pray until later in the day. And so it's been a joy to be able to have that. Well, last week, somebody was sharing with me how they were, they were visiting some friends who were also, who, not also, but they were friends were pastors, and they had known each other for quite some time, uh, for uh, a long time since they were in college. And, uh, and this, this person was at their house, and then their phone started going off, buzzing all over the place with an alarm at 11.01. And, and this person said, um, they were asked, you know, what is, what's this alarm for? And they said, it's, 
It's time for me to pray. And, and then, so she got to, to share this prayer with her two friends who were pastors and, and, and had this powerful moment where, where three people were joined in prayer for our congregation and, and, uh, and also for their lives. And, and these two other, the pastors who I think are retired, but, but they, they shared how, they shared how much that they appreciated the prayer, how much they enjoyed praying that prayer and have asked for resources on it. So I just share that as a way so you know that, that this, this ministry of praying for our church, praying for one another, praying for God's miracles to be done extends beyond you, extends beyond just 1101 at Kern Church, but it really extends throughout so many. And, and I give God thanks for that of how prayer is transforming lives. Prayers are transforming our church. And you know, we believe in in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. And especially during this season, praying for God's miracles to be done. And I'm praying for God's miracles to be done in your life this holiday season. I know that many of you are in need of miracles. Many of you and your families are in need of miracles. And I'm lifting you in prayer. Let me offer this prayer this morning. God, release the resurrection power of your Holy Spirit to break through and bring miracles of new hopes and dreams and possibilities for our church and in my own life. Grant to us your boldness to follow Jesus into your new and unknown future. May your Spirit come. May your will be done. Amen. You know, one of our traditions at Advent is to light the lighting of the Advent candles. A time of, of waiting and anticipation, of recalling and telling the story of the season, the stories that lead us to the birth of Christ and the coming of Jesus. And so this morning, it's, it's a great joy to invite the Dongara family to come forward to share in our morning devotion and lighting of our Advent candles. The world is full of war and rumors of war. Even in our own nation, we experience a time of unprecedented division. Too often, this division is enacted around the holiday table and even the communion table. Some will say, I am right. Others know assuredly they are wrong. In this division, we need peace, not the wartime peace that is kept in check by impartial peacekeepers. We need the peace that only one can bring. There is one who is born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins, release us so that we may find our rest in thee. This is the one who was born of old. This is the one who promised a life born again. And so today, we light the candle of peace and we recall the words of the prophet who spoke. A child is born to us. A son is given to us and authority will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. Come, thou Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. Uh, a few weeks ago, I, I took my older daughter, and I think I shared part of this story before, so my apologies, I guess, but a few weeks ago, I took my older daughter on, on a birthday trip to Dollywood, and we drove up the evening before we went to the park and, and spent the night in a hotel, which meant that we had to find a place to go to dinner, and, and um, you know, she, I asked her what she wanted. She wanted a hamburger, and anyways, we ended up at Cheddar's, and, and it's a, a chain restaurant, so I guess you kind of know what you expect, and 
Um, and it's, you know, you know what you expect. My, my family doesn't go out to eat all that often. Um, we have four kids, one of which is a toddler, one of which is an infant. It's not fun to go out to eat. It's also incredibly expensive to go out to eat because I have one who's also an almost teenager. And um, on, on top of that, we, we, before we moved to Oak Ridge, we lived in a rural community. And then COVID isolation, it's just you found other ways to eat, right? And... Um, and so when we do go out to eat, I prefer to, to skip chain restaurants and, and, and find something unique or find something that's particularly good that, that at least better than I can cook at home. With all that being said, I remember when Cheddar's opened in Chattanooga, and it, uh, my apologies to anybody that may be involved with Cheddar's, but um, it, anyways, it, it opened in Chattanooga in the Hamilton Place area, if you're familiar with Chattanooga at all, and, and I live near that area, and, and I was struck not by the restaurant, but how you couldn't get there. The lines and the waits and the, the, the amount of people that were trying to get into this new restaurant, as if there wasn't a hundred other restaurants to choose from, was just astounding. And the amount of time that, that people would, would take, the enormous wait times people would endure was astounding to me. When I finally went, I thought, well, you know, this is fine. And it's a fairly good value, but I still didn't understand. And so when we went to, to Cheddar's in Pigeon Forge, I didn't know what to expect because you're in Pigeon Forge. And you know, everybody goes there and um, to Pigeon Forge. And anyways, and so there was the parking lot was fairly empty. It was clo- It was early in the evening. So I thought, well, there, you know, there's no wait going to be here. We pull in and we start to the door and there's a lot of people standing outside. And I'm a little confused. There's no cars in the parking lot, but yet there's a lot of people standing outside. So I'm assuming all of these folks must be together waiting for that one ginormous table for them all to sit at in their party. Well, I get in and the restaurant's just about empty except for everybody sitting outside and in the lobby waiting area. And I go, so I think, okay, they must be all together. I go to the hostess and put her name in and, you know, say that we just have two. And she said, well, the wait will be around an hour. Is that okay? That was not okay. Um, I, was, I would much rather go through the drive-thru at Wendy's than to wait an hour for a burger that's going to be fairly, my apologies once again, but, but, but fairly, you know, similar to that. Uh, good news is we found a place at the bar and we sat at the bar and um, the rest was, you know, we had a fine night and we left before we should have been seated otherwise. But it, it just struck me about how there were people that were waiting such a long time to, 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 to eat at this restaurant. And, and, and I no judgment, but I'm so astounded or just really admiring the ability of some people to wait where, as for me, I'm just unwilling to do it. I, I just couldn't find myself in the place to wait. Most, if not all of you, have an experience of waiting. And really, unless you're the youngest among us, um, my, uh, my infant uh, does not wait. I mean, he lets us know hungry and he gets fed within moments of being hungry. But everyone else knows what it's like to wait. You know, there's a running joke amongst, I think, everybody of how long, my apologies to doctor's offices, but how long it wait, you wait at the doctor's office. You would think after years and years of scheduling patients that the people, my apologies to people who schedule patients, but you would imagine that people who schedule patients knew what the schedule was actually going to be like on the day. And when you are told to arrive 30 minutes early to your appointment so that you can fill out paperwork, but then you have to wait two and a half hours, they would 
just like tell you to come, maybe 30 minutes late so you could fill out the paperwork and only have to wait an hour. I, you know, there, there is this running joke that, that once you, you, know, you go to the doctor's office, you might as well be there all day. And then as soon as you get called back, you hop on the scale, which doesn't bother some people, and the rest of us are like, oh, well, really, it says that, okay. And, and, then, and then you get put into a room, and you, and you think that, okay, now I'm going to get to see the doctor, and, and it's really just a second waiting room, because then you get to wait for the doctor to go, and the door is knocking, but there's a knock on the door, but it's not really your door, it's just the patient next to you, and you're, 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 you're really just held hostage at this point. But waiting for, for restaurants and, and waiting for appointments you know, these are kind of fairly innocuous uh, uh, forms of waiting. They are definitely an inconvenience, and maybe sometimes that's, that's really all you can take. Waiting may, may take you and make you late for something else, but the, it really isn't anything more than an annoyance. However, there are times when waiting can just be excruciating. You, know, you go in for the scan on that spot. And they do the scan and, and they read the, they, they, you know that the person doing the scanning can read the report, but they have to wait for the doctor to, to read the report and then to call you. And so you have to wait for the call to come sometime later, not knowing what's going to be said, not knowing, but hoping and praying everything will come out clear. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Waiting may, may, may make you concerned, and so you have, a, you, know, you have a child, you're waiting for the ultrasound to make sure everything is going to be okay, and the doctor has to read it. Or maybe you're waiting up late at night for, for children to come home concerned of if they will make it on the dark roads to yourself. Or you've injured yourself. And you know that you have to wait weeks and weeks for the pain to subside, to find recovery. Sometimes waiting is more than just an inconvenience or an annoyance. Waiting is just hard. But however you look at it, waiting is a, a part of life. And, and, and usually waiting is an inconvenience. Sometimes waiting is excruciating. But waiting is just life. These days, we have a lot of things to, to uh, take up the time that you spend waiting. We have a lot of things that help distract you from the waiting. Maybe as few as maybe like 10 or even 15 years ago, if you walked into any waiting room anywhere, there would be full of magazines and those, like, those Bibles that get put there and the picture Bibles for children's waiting rooms. I think you, many of you know what I'm talking about. Um, I never know where those come from, but... Um, anyways, they come from somebody. But there's magazines, piles of magazines everywhere and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and doctors' waiting rooms always kind of scare me because sick people go to the doctors and so sick people are reading the magazines and putting them down. And, and you know, you can't clean magazines, but that's just like the germs in me thinking about like, you know, anyways. But, but you read these magazines and you put them away. Now, you know, maybe there are a couple of magazines in the doctor's office that are left by the pharmaceutical reps, but, but really everyone is just waiting what? Like this. Of course, they're not looking at their hand, they're looking at their device, scrolling the news, scrolling, reading Facebook, looking at the Instagram, liking pictures, wondering what they're going to put in the Amazon cart, and especially if there's good Wi-Fi and you're not in a place where a cell signal just gets sapped like it does at the church, it just kind of like disappears. As soon as you walk through the building, you know, you'll start binge watching and keep watching whatever show you may be watching, and, and, and really, 
time of waiting is just a time to be distracted. You don't really get the full effect of the waiting because you're, you're watching a show, you're, you're, you're loading up your Christmas Amazon card or even maybe making your Walmart order, doing something else to distract you from the waiting. I enjoy this. I'm glad I have this to distract me from the waiting. But on this second Sunday of Advent, the second Sunday of Advent, I want to invite you to consider how, how you are waiting. To consider how you are waiting. I want to invite you to consider how you're waiting, and I want to suggest that, that waiting can be a powerful tool to help you in your faith and to help bring you closer to God and maybe even bring you closer to those around you. Are you distracted in your waiting, trying to fill it with something else, trying to, to fill your time and, and use your time to keep you distracted from the reality that you are waiting for something? Or are you trying to to use that time to, to grow closer to God in prayer and in hopefulness, to help us see the power of waiting. I want to invite you to consider our, our, our carol for the day, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. I mean, this is a song of waiting and a song of anticipation. You and I live in a society that's based on instant gratification, right? Instant gratification and distracted waiting. So if you can't be instantly gratified in whatever you want, you can distract yourself from the waiting process. But, but, but this song... Come thou long expected Jesus. It speaks of something different. It speaks of a different kind of waiting, a different kind of, of yearning, and a different kind of hope. This song says today things aren't all okay. Today things are not quite great. So we pray, come Lord Jesus, come. Come Lord Jesus, come. Come thou long expected one. Come and set your people free Come, Lord Jesus, come. The, spur, the first stanza of this, of this song speaks uh, of Jesus as Israel's strength and consolation. Israel's strength and consolation. And these words draw us to, to someone who really knew what it was like to wait. Someone who really experienced waiting in their life. Someone who can teach you and, and I think can teach me how to wait better, to enrich your faith, how to use waiting as a tool for f developing your faith and growing closer to God. So if you have your Bible and want to follow along, I want to invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 25. Here we read these words. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. So we learned that, that Simeon was righteous and devout, and, and he was looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. There's three things we learned about him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came to the temple. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came to the temple. So Simeon, righteous and devout, he, he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. He, he, the Holy Spirit rests upon him. And then the Holy Spirit tells him, guess what, Simeon? You're not going to die until you see the Savior, until you see the Messiah, until you see the one that the Lord's sending. So there's this man named Simeon. 
We don't really know all that much about him. I always kind of assume that he was old, uh, but he doesn't have to be old. He's just somebody righteous and devout. He is a man of great faith. And we learn that the chief way he lived out his faith was in waiting. The chief way he lived out his faith was in faithful waiting. Often when you think about faith and think about growing in your faith, you think about doing things, being good at something. You think about doing something to improve your faith, to draw you closer to Jesus. We talk about spiritual disciplines, reading your Bible, praying. We're talking a lot about prayer here lately. How to, to pray to grow closer to Jesus, how to pray and to ask God to bless other people. Often when we talk about faith, we talk about it as these are things you do. You go to worship, you sing songs, you listen, you hear, you reflect. But here, we find that, word, or that, we find that faith and growing in faith is not just about things you do, it's also about things you perhaps don't do. We find that in Simeon, we see a whole different picture of faith altogether. In Simeon, the, divide, dividing, or the defining characteristic of faith in Simeon is not what he does, but it is how he waited. It is how Simeon waited, not how he performed his faith, but how Simeon waited for the Lord, of how he waited in hopefulness and prayer, because he was told that he would see the Lord's Messiah before he died. And then after we learn that he was righteous and devout, we learn that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. This idea of consolation, it, it speaks of comfort, of comforting. So, so, so Simeon was waiting for the Lord's Messiah to come and to bring comfort to Simeon, but also to the whole nation, to all the people of Israel, to all the, the people of God. And there were many, surely during Simeon's day, that were also devout. There were many during his day that were also waiting for the, for the coming of the Lord. He had, but, but Simeon was a bit different because he had been told that he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. So many waited for the Messiah, but Simeon had been told that, that he wouldn't die until the Messiah arrived. I mean, what an amazing thing to be told. Can you imagine what the wait for this would be? Phone rings. Hello? Uh, um, yes, this is Simeon. Hi, Simeon. You have an appointment for the Lord's Messiah. O okay. Uh, you mean the long-awaited one? The one that will be the consolation of Israel? The, the one that will set the people free? The actual Messiah? Yes, the actual Messiah. Uh, the long-awaited one. The one who will be the consolation of Israel. The one who will set you, you free and release you from your sins and your fears. The one who will deliver the people? Yes, the actual Messiah. And so Simeon's like, okay, that sounds great. Uh, okay, let me open my date book. What, when's it going to arrive? When's the Messiah going to get here so I can be ready? When's the appointment, and then the other one says, well, actually, we can't really tell you that. We can't really tell you when the Lord's Messiah is going to arrive. We just want you to know it's, it's going to arrive sometime before you're dead, okay? So sometime in your life, sometime before you die, you are going to meet the Lord's Messiah. I can't tell you when it's going to be, but it's just going to happen, and he's like, um, uh, okay. Can you imagine 
Can you imagine what this might be like? You're conditioned. You are conditioned for instant gratification. You want something, you get it. I mean, I can order just about anything from Amazon and have it in a couple of days, maybe even sooner. This is still true even with the supply chain issues that we've experienced from COVID, things got a little bit slower for a while, but, but you can get just about anything you need. And, 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 and even, um, sadly to say, a lot of things you want that, that, that end up, you know, great deals on Amazon Black Friday. But, you know, when you put a lot of great deals together of things you don't need, it costs a lot of money, right? And, and, they, and they come to your house and, and, and perhaps that, that you don't need them. You don't remember why you even ordered them sometimes. But maybe I'm just talking about myself. Um, but it's instant gratification. It happens so quickly, and you don't even have to worry about it. You don't even have to wait for things, or at least you don't even have to wait for long. You're, you're conditioned that, that, that this is, we, we want something now, and so you get it now. And I'm not someone who likes to wait. I'll confess this. I'm not someone who, who likes to be surprised. I'm not someone who, who likes to, 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 to wait for the timing. I want things to be fixed now. I want things to happen now. One of the, the, the worst things I like to hear, or one of the worst things I'll ever hear, is when somebody comes up to me and says, you know, I have a surprise for you, and it's not like something that comes now. Or, or I bought a surprise for you. Well, just use the surprise. Don't tell me the surprise is coming, because now I'm just worried about what it is, and I just want to know what it is. I, I, I don't want to wait for the surprise. I don't like surprises. Just, just tell me. I just want to know now. But I think that in Simeon, we see something different. Here he is told that he's in for surprise. Here he is told that you will get to see the Lord's Messiah, the greatest thing that has ever happened, the greatest thing that could ever come to you to bring hope and peace for you and your neighbors. But the date isn't set yet, and you can't adequately plan for it. The Messiah is just going to arrive someday. Just someday. I have to say that I don't think I would have been the right person to hear this news. I wouldn't have been the right person to hear this news. I don't know what I would have done, but it wouldn't have helped me grow closer to God, or at least for a long time. But remember Simeon. Simeon was righteous and devout, and he got to waiting. He waited in prayer. He waited in hopefulness, expecting the Lord's promised arrival. And we don't really know how long he waited either. We don't really know how long he waited, but then one day... One day, the Lord's Spirit sent him to the temple. And I don't know if the Lord's Spirit sent Simeon to the temple a lot or a little. So I don't know if, if when, when the Holy Spirit sends Simeon to the temple, if this is just something that happened on, on regular occasion, and, and so he's going as if he was going to Walmart, or if this is a special thing for him being sent to the temple. But there he goes, sent to the temple. And whatever the case, whether it's unique or not, this time is unique. Because at the same time as Simeon is being sent to the temple by the Lord, three others are coming to the temple. Mary and Joseph and Jesus. Jesus is being brought by His parents to the temple so that they can perform the, the rituals of Jewish parents, so that they can, they, they can do the ritual sacrifices, that they can provide the, the, the rite of passage that is necessary for Jewish parents when they have their firstborn child. Here's what happens in, in verse 27 as we read. Guided by the Holy Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, 
Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have promised in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what had been said about him. So Mary and Joseph are bringing their son to the temple. They're bringing their son to the temple so that they can present Jesus as their firstborn child to the Lord. And in doing so, they offer a sacrifice. This is a rite of passage. It's designed to be a blessing for the family. It's, it's like taking newborn pictures or something like that, but it's got a more special, special meaning. This is something common for families. But, but the way it happens here is it ends up not being all too common at all because when they get to the temple, they encounter Simeon, and, and Simeon knows something is different in this family that, that comes up. Simeon knows something is different in this child that is being brought forth. Simeon knows something because the Holy Spirit rests upon him. Simeon remembers that he's been in prayer and hopefulness for perhaps years upon years, waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And as soon as Simeon meets this family, he asks to hold the baby. Now, if you're a new parent, people ask to hold the baby all the time, and sometimes you don't know what to do about this because, you know, there's sickness going around and RSV, and then some people like to kiss the baby, and you don't want them to kiss the baby because that spreads things. And anyways, holding the baby is a whole thing, right? Um, but, but Simeon asks to hold the baby, He receives the baby in his arms. He realizes that as he holds this child, he holds the long-expected one. That he holds the Messiah. That he holds the one whom had been foretold. That as Simeon holds this young child, that, that, that he realizes that he has waited and waited and waited for this one to come. And now the promise has been fulfilled in the waiting. And he gives thanks to the Lord. All the waiting has culminated in this encounter. The promise to see the Savior has been fulfilled. I wonder how long Simeon thought he would be waiting. I mean, and who knows? We don't really know how long he even waited, but, but he waited faithfully. He made the best of the waiting and hopefulness and in prayer, and now he's received the object of his waiting. He's overjoyed with fulfillment He's overjoyed with fulfillment even more so than a kid waiting for Christmas morning. His life's purpose is now complete. And he says, in joy and fulfillment, Almighty God, you can dismiss me now because my eyes have seen your salvation. He says, I, I, I could die right now, God. You can let me go because I have seen the promise. My heart my mission is fulfilled. I mean, can you imagine a lifetime of waiting, a lifetime of hoping, a lifetime of prayer, and now he needs Israel's strength and consolation. Now he meets the desire of every nation, the joy of every longing heart. He meets the one for whom he has waited and prayed for and hoped for, the long-expected Jesus. And so this second Sunday of Advent, I want to 
invite you to recall that you too wait. You too are called to wait. You too wait for the coming of Jesus. Don't try to ignore the waiting and just scroll your device or skip ahead and, uh, for a kick of instant gratification. Slow down. Embrace the wait. Wait with hopefulness and prayer as did Simeon. And when you wait as this, when you wait on the Lord, you will receive grace and fulfillment as did Simeon. One of the prophets of old, one of the prophets that Simeon surely knew about was the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah spoke in chapter 40 that those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. The word translated here as wait is a word that means to look for, to hope. When you wait for the Lord, when you hope on the Lord, you will be given the strength that Simeon was given. You'll be given the strength. You will, will be given the strength. And when you say, I can't do it alone, all you're really called to do is wait on the Lord and the Lord will strengthen you as wings like an eagle. You shall run and not grow weary. You shall walk and not grow faint. For those who wait on the Lord will be strengthened. So I invite you today. I invite you today. As we continue to anticipate the coming of Jesus, to wait with Simeon. To wait with Simeon. Wait with hopefulness and prayer. Wait with anticipation for the one to come. Wait with the promise that God will renew you. Wait for the coming of the one who will set all things right. Don't just try to find distraction and gratification in the waiting, but instead wait as Simeon. Cling to hope. Be faithful in prayer. And be strengthened by a God who cares. Let's pray. Almighty God, You are the one who gives hope. You are the one who gives strength. And I pray this day as we, as we seek You, as we wait for You, that You will indeed bring hope to Your people. That You will indeed help each one wait as Simeon waited to receive Your longing, Your hope, to receive Your very presence. May each one wait well and be strengthened in the waiting. Amen. Today, dear ones, one of the ways that we are encouraged and strengthened in the waiting is by sharing in the meal that we know as Holy Communion. A meal of sanctifying grace. A meal of, of grace that empowers you to walk in faith. And so this day as we come to the communion table, I want you to know that all who seek to wait on the Lord, all who seek to follow after the ways of Jesus, you are invited to share in this holy and blessed meal. For on the night in which Jesus gave Himself up for us, he took bread, sat in a room with His followers, His disciples, who were waiting for what was to come next, and said, this is My body, which is given for you. Eat this in remembrance of Me. 
And then after they shared supper together, Jesus took the cup and, and, and gave thanks to God and blessed it and said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this as often as you do in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we are called to live as a, a living sacrifice, waiting on the Lord. And as we wait on the Lord, I want to invite you to share with me the mystery of faith that, um, I don't know if it's on the screen or not, but it's just Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. These are words that speak that yes, Christ died, that yes, Christ rose, and that yes, as His people, we wait for Him to come again. Let us speak this mystery. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and the cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by His blood. Make us one with you, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world as we wait for your final redemption. As we wait for the day when we'll feast with the saints of old around that holy table forever and always. So as your people here on earth, on earth, we receive you, Almighty God. Strengthen each one. Fill each one. And as we wait, may you strengthen each one. Amen. This is the body of Christ given for you cup of salvation poured out for you. Please come and receive. Lord, I give You thanks for this holy grace. I pray that it strengthens Your people in, your waiting, in our waiting so that we may rise as Simeon did and embrace You, the Holy Messiah, through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. May you wait upon the Lord and be blessed in your waiting. Wait with hopefulness and prayer. Wait and receive the blessing of your waiting. Go forth in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.